probably won't shout me down this morning, and that's okay. Okay? But I want you to hear my heart. There's a world that's dying and going to hell while we have a form, but we have no power. We have no authority. We profess a lot of things, but we don't possess a lot of things. We can see the flaws and faults in everyone else except ourselves. I'll give you 30 seconds to get out the door right now. If not, you're not leaving, okay? Just for a few moments this morning. But if the Lord would help me, I want to talk to us this morning about raising the standard and destroying the form. Raising the standard and destroying the form. You may ask, why is this important today? Last words are very important. If you walk into a hospital room and someone's taking their last breath, what they tell you, you should listen to. I've never heard anyone tell me they wish they would have done more in business or did more in a career path. That, that's never been the topic of discussion. It's always been things that's intimate and close to their heart. And when Paul sits down and begins to write to a young man that he loved and he had great confidence in, the letter that you find that is in your Bibles of 2 Timothy is that letter. And he realized that he was not going to be able to go back and see the one that he wanted to see and revisit. But he knew that he was about to be beheaded. He said, I'm going to have to sit down and empty my heart. I've got to write it down. I've got to get it into the hands of him. And he understood that if there was ever going to be a continuation of a generation walking in power and authority, they had to hear what was in his heart. So this morning, I pray you hear what's in my heart. Proverbs 28 and 9 is a very powerful passage of scripture and I want to give it to you he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law even his prayer shall be an abomination he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law even his prayer shall be an abomination what is an abomination Anything that is abominable or anything that is intense, averse, it is a vile, it is a shameful, or it is a distasteful action. So hear me. I'm not talking to the world today. I'm not going to preach to the sinner man this morning. I'm going to preach for a few moments to the church of Jesus Christ. Those of us that say that we're saved and on our way to heaven... Those of us that think we know it all because we've been raised in it all of our life, be careful. Solomon said that the one that turns his ear away from hearing the law, the word of God, his prayer shall even be an abomination, meaning this, that that which we offer up to the Lord is something that cannot be accepted nor will it because it's shameful, it's vile. So this is serious this morning. So let us go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 1 through verse number 5, a very familiar passage for several in this room, I'm sure. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Now, in order for us to really grab this passage of Scripture, let's look at the setting that I alluded to just a moment ago. Paul is in prison in Rome. He knows that his life is getting ready to be taken away. And as he's getting ready to close out this letter to Timothy, he's simply saying also, meaning this, I'm going to add to what I've already told you in the previous letter of 1 Timothy. He said, I'm going to add this to you. He said, from those that you see having a form of godliness, make sure you turn away from that. Now, with that being said, Paul understood the need for a generation to stand steadfast in their faith. That's why in Galatians 5 and 1, he simply wrote, Stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But he did not stop there. He also wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8. He said, Purge out therefore the old leaven. Meaning this, do not allow anything to be present in your life that would keep you from being pleasing to God. Now, in order for us to really grab this whole letter, let me walk through it with you very quickly. He goes all the way to First Timothy, or Second Timothy, rather, and we find that he begins to talk in this manner. He says, I call to remembrance your experience of faith. He said, I want you in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, he said, I, I call to remembrance the unfringed faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. But he said, I want you to remember though, and I want you to stir up that gift of God which is in you that, was, that you experienced when we put hands on you, meaning this, I want to take you back to when you had an encounter with God. Can I call you back this morning to the day and the hour when you encountered Christ? Can I tell you everything in your life probably wasn't wonderful at that moment. Every note there, everything wasn't jubilant and, and shouting and, 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 but it was at a time when you found yourself like the old hymn says, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was in a time where you was heavy. It was in a time when you was distraught. It was in a time when everything seemed to be closing in, but there was one by the name of Jesus that came and touched your life in such a manner that you said, man, I am never going to be the same. But then life happens. and We get distracted, but... He then proceeds to tell Timothy, he says, in this letter he's writing as he's nearing death, he says, I want you to remember what you've experienced, but also I want to exhort you that fear is not of God. And it's one a verse that you quote all of the time. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's simply saying, Timothy, uh, I understand I put you in a position where much is required of you. Uh, I put you in a place where, where the people are, are expecting much from you. Uh, but he says, listen, you cannot cave in to the fears uh, and the anxiousness and the anxieties uh, and even the demonic attacks, but you got to know who you are in Christ. Uh, what he was saying to Timothy, uh, he said, Timothy, no matter what comes your way, uh, you you got to remain steadfast. Uh, you can't change with the times. Uh, you can't become politically correct. Uh, you can't become seeker friendly. Uh, you can't become all of the things that the world tells you uh, you have to be. But you have to stand steadfast. Uh, 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because your labor is not in vain. Oh, can I tell you this morning, as he begins to write, he then says, I encourage you to be strong and to live a life of endurance. Chapter 2 says, verse 1, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He said, don't be strong in yourself. Don't think you got it all figured out. But he says, remember that your strength and your help comes from the Lord. Meaning this, don't you get distracted this morning. And then as he begins to go a little further, he says in chapter 2, verse number 7 through 12, consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble. Yes, I do. And yes, evildoers are always trying to come at me. And they've even put me in bonds in prison. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, Paul said, I endure all things for the elect's sake. What he's saying is this. I'm not in this prison cell for myself, but I have remained steadfast. I've took the beatings. I've took the laughter. I've took the mocking. I've took it for the church because he said that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He says it is a faithful saying. What he's saying is this, by my life's experience, I can testify that it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. I cannot help but think that when Paul is writing, he's beginning knowing that there's a death sentence in front of him. I can't help but think he got a little glimpse of heaven. He said, you know what? I know it's heaven now, but I just over yonder, I think I'm going to see him face to face. The one that I've took these stripes for, the one that has got me here, there began to be something moving in his spirit. He said, how can I be discouraged? How can I be distraught when I'm about to see the one that I've served, the one that I've loved? Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, we're in a time and a place today where the world says, oh, just back up, give in. But I come to tell somebody this morning, it's time to raise the standard and destroy the form because there is a moving of the Spirit of God that's about to come forth. Listen, my friend, it's not a time to play pat a cake with the devil, but it's a time to resist him and watch him flee because there's an army rising up and God is about to empower and equip the church and we gotta reach a world. I don't have many days left, but what days I do have, I wanna be found faithful. What many days that I have, I wanna go out swinging. I gotta tell somebody, you can have your religion, but I want an outpouring of the Spirit of God. I want a revival fire to burn in your life and in your family. Listen, my friend, you gotta get rid of three psalms and a sermon, but you gotta tarry between the porch and the altar this morning. You hear me this morning? I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be mean this morning. But you gotta hear the word of the Lord this morning. It is by mercy and truth that iniquity is purged and by the fear of Lord, by the fear of the Lord that men depart 
from evil. You will never reach a generation until first of all, you are purged by truth and walk in his mercy. First Peter 4, 17 says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, here's the question. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? He's not talking about the world. He's saying, what will be the end of the man of faith and woman of faith that walks in rebellion to the law of God? What he's saying is, listen, we got to self Examine. John chapter 15, verse number one, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Everybody knows that, right? But notice what it says in verse number two of that chapter. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch that does bear fruit, he purges it. Not to bring harm to you, but to grow you and to develop you to produce more fruit. So this morning, what I'm getting ready to tell you is not to hurt you or to bring death to you, but it's to cut some things off of you so that you can produce more than you've ever produced in your life. You say, why is that important? It's because the world's more hungry than it's ever been. You say, why is it important today? I began to just call out to the Lord and I realized that this morning, the reason for this message was simply because of where we are prophetically. Most of you probably have heard preach from 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah has it rained for three and a half years. He goes and he stands before Ahab and he says, meet me at... Mount Carmel and we'll pray. And whoever's God answers by fire, that's who we'll serve. Everybody knows that story? Okay. We find that they go and the prophets of Baal, they call and nothing happens. They jump, they break on the altars. Elijah, he rebuilds the altar. He prays a prayer after water has been saturated around everything. And we find that then the fire of God fell, licked up everything. And then the people began to say, we'll serve the Lord. Okay, after that happens... We read in that story that it says, Elijah says to Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. He gets up. Ahab goes and sits on the mountain, put his head between his knees, and he begins to pray again. And he sends his servant. He says, go see if you see anything. Anybody remember that? The first six times he comes back, he says, I don't see anything. He went the seventh time, he comes back, he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand coming up out of the sea. As I was studying and praying, I, I, I heard the Lord begin to speak, and I've, I've spoken on this before, but the Lord simply put in my spirit, he said, I am bringing a purging to my people in this moment because that which you have preached, that which you have taught on in days gone by is now no longer futuristic, but it's present. And the revival is coming now. So hear me. What I want you to understand is why you sit there and say, well, it's, I'm okay where I'm at. You're not okay where you're at. Because this move of God that's getting ready to take place on the globe is not coming from here. It will be facilitated from here but it's not coming from here because what the prophet saw was in a spiritual realm was there was a cloud the size of a man hand coming up out of the sea the sea is representation of the congregation when you take it back there is an uprising of the Holy Spirit of God that's coming up out of the people but hear me, revival fire cannot come up out of the people. The power of the Holy Spirit cannot move amongst the people that is not in alliance with the Word of God. So notice with me, as Paul's writing to Timothy, he simply says, I want you to be 
strong. I want you to endure hardness as a good soldier. But then it leads us on to a little bit further in chapter 2 of that chapter. He says, study to show yourself approved in verse number 15. Verse 16, he says, but stay away from profane and vain babblings. Let me put that in modern day language for you. Stay away from new revelation of men. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Nevertheless, Timothy, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But he didn't stop there. He said, Timothy, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. Does it say with all men? You got to really read it this morning. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now I'm going to mess some of you up right now with one little statement. You are not to walk with everyone. And that's why we're in trouble. Because we don't want to exclude anybody. I don't want to exclude anybody. But I also understand this. That we must depart from iniquity. We have to live a set-apart life. We have to be found in the favor of God, not the favor of men. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about tradition. So don't you dare try to bring that up today. What I'm trying to tell you is this, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. All things become new. That's not my words. That's his words. So... Paul is writing, he said, Timothy, you may still be young. And he said, you may still have some things to learn. But I have confidence in you because I know what your foundation is. But also I want you to understand, Timothy, don't just walk with anybody. But you got to walk with those that have a pure heart. Let me make this very clear for you. If somebody is rebellious to the word of God, they don't have a pure heart. But when somebody's willing to take the word of God and self-examine their lives and say, okay, God, I don't like this, but I'm going to change my life because your word says to, not because man tells you to. Don't try to please men, but allow God to continually do a work on you and prune you and develop you. And Listen, uh, some, of the, some of the most powerful people in the kingdom you never hear a word from. It's not always about being loud and boisterous, but it's about just being a life that is submitted. You read through Christian history, you will find that some of the most powerful men and women, they spoke occasionally and then they isolated themselves in prayer and fasting and writing degrees and writing revelation that others benefited from. And we find that because they surrendered their all, that they broke off the form of simply having a form of godliness, but they experienced the true power of God in such a way that they did not just impact it for themselves, uh, but multitudes of generations now has been affected uh, by their closeness with God. So therefore you find that when Paul is writing, he says, flee those that's not of pure of heart. Can I tell you this morning, you can, you could have to titles and position, but you could never fulfill your destiny. If you was to want to read something very unique, you could read 1 Kings chapter number 15, and you would read of a man by the name of King Azariah. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, other than he failed to remove the high places, and he permitted the people to still offer sacrifice and burn incense in the high places. And notice this, 
the Lord smote him with leprosy. And he had to live and dwell in a several house. He wasn't even allowed to go sit on the throne that was rightfully his. And he reigned for 52 years. But he could not take his rightful seat of authority because he simply refused to remove the high places. I am not questioning the giftings and callings of men and women. I am not doing that at all because gifts and callings are given to men without repentance. We understand that. I'm not questioning salvation this morning. What I am questioning is, is God really pleased with how we are doing business today? 2,000 years after his death, we still have 3.2 billion people that's never heard Jesus. We have adopted a mindset that church, especially in America and the Western world, that church is all about us. Why did we come to church this morning? So I could feel good. So I could encounter God. So that I can do this and so I can do that. And, and it's all about me, 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 me. And you'll never find that in Scripture. It's not biblically correct. We are to come to the house of God, yes, so that we could be edified and equipped. So that we could go out and be the church out there. Can I tell you this morning, and you ain't going to like me, but I'm just going to be real with you. The world does not see you on Sunday morning. They see you Monday through Saturday. So it don't matter how holy you act like you are on Sunday. Do I go there, Lord? The American church has not just got it wrong for two or three years, but we've got it wrong for many, many years. Can I tell you, Vestal, don't come back and get me. Vestal Goodman, if you don't know who she is, it's about like if you don't know who John Wayne is, you're not even American. Okay? Vestal Goodman, a voice like no other an anointing when she sung she would change the room but Vestal Goodman lost got sucked in to church and every time you see Vestal Goodman so late in her life late in her life you would see that her hair was on top of her head it wasn't her hair what you know why I have to be what they say I have to be I have to conform to reach an audience listen y'all thought that was just happening since we started putting lights in buildings no this has been going on for years I have, to, I have to put on a certain personality. I have to become a certain thing in order for somebody to accept me. Listen, if you have to change who you are to be accepted, something not right. But you and I should walk with such an anointing of God, not in this house only, but every day of our life, we should walk in a manner where when we walk in, the power and the honor of God walks in and the atmosphere shifts and change because not of us, but because of the God that's in us. Because everywhere he goes, there is light. Think about it. So how much light are you taking in the room with you? How much light are you taking into the workplace tomorrow? Can I just be real with you this morning? You're not taking much light if you talk like the world, act like the world, dress like the world, do everything the world does. You're not touching anybody. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 in Paul's writing, he says, this know also. Why did he say that? 
In order for us to really understand that, you have to go all the way back to 1 Timothy chapter number 4 because he had written to Timothy earlier and he said this. He said, you must be an example. That's where I get my title this morning, Raising the Standard and Destroying the Form, because he said, Timothy, no matter what's going on, he said, you got to be the example in word and in conversation. What's that mean? It means your lifestyle must be a testimony, not on Sunday morning on the way to the temple, but your lifestyle must be a testimony of the saving grace of God and the transforming of a new birth in him every day of your life, no matter where you're at. So I asked the question this morning, what is the difference about you that the world can see Monday through Saturday? Because they don't see you in here. You say, don't, don't get, I'm not being legalistic, but I'm telling you. The word of the Lord is not changing for me or you, but it is forever settled. And there is requirements for us to live by if we really want the power and the Holy Spirit of God to be manifested in our midst. And it takes more than putting on a persona for a couple hours a week. It takes living a dedicated life uh, where we say in word and in conversation, our lifestyle is going to illuminate who he really is. He went on a little further and he said, you also have to be an example in charity. Can I remind you this? Perfect love cast out fear. Our nation and the nation's world have been bombarded by a spirit of fear, which is a demonic spirit. And the only way we can drive that out is through perfect love. And I just want to be real with you. We do not know how to administrate perfect love unless we have put on Christ. That's why in New Testament writing, you said, if there is a weaker brother among you, Stomp them while they're down. I don't think it says that. No. Can I tell you, please hear me, there was a time when you was a babe in Christ as well. And I want to say this in all the love that I can this morning. You still aren't all of that in a bag of chips. Nor am I. I don't mean that in a disrespectful fashion. But the moment that you began to think that you're holier than thou is the moment you're getting ready to fall and you're going to be used in the hand of the enemy to bring hurt to the body of Christ. So don't you dare stand there and not love people. Timothy, be an example in spirit and in faith. What he's saying is, don't forget, I told you earlier, I'm going to tell you again, you have to be steadfast, unwavering. You can't let things disrupt you and distort who you really are. But then he says, in purity, be the example. He says, keeping yourself pure. You've heard me say many times over the years, you have to safeguard your eye gate, your ear gate. Because what you see, what you hear can affect you and it can make things begin to be present in your life that should not be present. But you also must safeguard your purity. When you begin to safeguard your purity, you begin to position yourself for the anointing. There can be no anointing without purity. This morning, raising the standard is not optional, but it's of great necessity if we are going to see what God is desiring to do in our midst even now. I want to leave you with this this morning. Paul's writing, he's telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, you know I love you. You know, I care for you. And you know that I want great things for you, but 
you have to avoid godliness. You have to turn away from it. And you have to deny those things. But you have to hold true to what you know is true, and that is Christ Jesus. This morning, as men and women of faith, I don't care what your age is, whether you're a teenager this morning in this room or whether you're an elder saint, I want you to hear me. Living holy is not an option. He says, be holy for I am holy. You say, do I really have to, do I really have to change when God brings revelation to my life? You better. Because I'm going to show you something. It's real easy for us. You be in a church service, the Spirit of God moving, God touch your heart, and you say, oh, i got to change. But then two days later, you go right back to doing what you're doing because you don't feel that presence anymore. Because, listen, in order for something to become natural, in order for something to become just who you are, you have to practice it every day for multiple days. So you can't be just spontaneous, but when God touches your heart, it has to be, so, okay, I'm changing, and I'm going to put this in practice every day of my life. And then after a couple months, it becomes normal. It just becomes who you are. But you have, to, you have to guard it. When God brings a visitation and says, change this, do this, you have to respond. If not, this is what happens. You can read in 1 Samuel chapter number 3. A young boy is laying on his bed. He hears his name be called. Samuel, Samuel. He jumps up, runs into Eli the priest, and he said, you called me? No, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Samuel, Samuel, you called me? No. Eli realized something was happening. And Samuel goes and lays down and he says that when you hear it again, just simply say, Lord, here am I. I'm listening. Notice what the Lord told this young boy lying in the midst of the darkness. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel. I want you to tell your neighbor this morning that the Lord said he's going to do a thing. At which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Tell your neighbor again, some people's going to start tingling. I believe this wholeheartedly. I'm not trying to be funny this morning, but I'm telling you. And he says, in that day, means a designated time. He said, I've already got it on my calendar, even though you don't know it, even though you don't see it, even though you don't know what it is. He said, there is a day I've already got slotted. Can I tell you, there's, there's a couple of things on God's calendar the remainder of this year that you do not yet know of, but it's getting ready to cause some things to tingle but notice what he says to Eli he says in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I've spoken concerning his house when I began I will also make an end for I have told him notice what he's saying is I have visited Eli and he's ignored me I've spoke to Eli, and he thought it's really not that big of a deal. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. God has visited some of you, and you've brushed it off, and you better not brush it off any longer. Because he says, I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Notice, he's saying, I'm not holding anything to his charge that he don't know of. I've already dealt with him about it, and he chooses to do nothing. God is not trying to take things from his people in this season to make you go without. He's trying to make room for more. So I don't know why you're wanting to hang on to some of the stuff that is just so full of garbage anyhow. It's not good logical sense. Just take that. That's free. 
He says, I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. Can I tell you something in love and you not be mad at me and hate me? A lot of the issues we're dealing with in this generation is our fault because we didn't restrain them. So, so, so don't you dare look at a generation with indignation in your heart because it's your fault. It's my fault. Because we didn't put proper restraints in, we stopped preaching the Bible and we started preaching feel-good theology because we want to grow a church. We want people to like us. We want to become relevant. I love these young people too much to stand here and tell them they can do whatever the world's doing and still go to heaven. I'm not going to tell them they can go out and drink it up Saturday night and still come in here and worship on Sunday. I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them it's okay to go sleep around and still have Jesus. It's not. It's sin. It'll send you to hell. You hear me? But he says, I'm getting ready to judge Eli because he didn't restrain his sons. And therefore, I've sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Get this. Eli's house to this day is still cursed. Think about it. Because he refused to raise the standard and to destroy the form of their day. I said this earlier in the year, and I'm closing if they'll come to the music this morning. You may not see it in the natural today, but in the spiritual realm, there's houses of worship that was built with the blood, sweat, and tears of men of God and women of God and generations before us. But because people refused to obey and to walk according to the word of God, those houses today have Ichabod wrote over the door. And God says, no more, no more. But they're cursed because of the simple fact that they've ignored my word. I didn't preach to you this morning anything that you don't know. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. Well, I've been alone with the Lord. There's a raising of the standard that has to take place. And there has to be the destroying of the form as we know it today. I'm thankful for the presence of God in this room. And in this house that's been here for week after week after week, I thank that, thank the Lord for that. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. The standard's not high enough in this house yet. We're not yet ready. We cannot yet handle what God is desiring to do until first of all we go back to the prayer closet and we say God take and cut off of me everything that needs to be gone because right now I'm too carnal right now I'm not holy enough you all know I love you and it's not an exaggeration you know that if if you needed us me and my wife, no matter what hour of the day, we'll be there. And I love you enough to tell you the truth this morning. I don't want you to walk out of here saying, oh, it's just too hard. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, that God loves you even more than I love you. 
and he's just using this vessel this morning to tell you that he has more for you don't get hung up on all of the stuff just say God just show me bring me knowledge bring me revelation just show me who you want me to be and I'll be that why is it important it's because out there there's not much hope out there there's not much peace out there out there right now because of everything that's going on and because the church cannot even be seen visibly Monday through Saturday for the most part in most people's lives they're turning to what is readily available and you know what's readily available even in our area right now is there is such an increase in witchcraft it's out of this world we have a generation that's playing with spirits the problem is they're not having an encounter with the Holy Spirit the reason they're not having a power an encounter with the Holy Spirit is because all we want is a form because a form don't cost us nothing it didn't cost us too much to get up and come in here this morning let's be honest but if we want to see a generation that's broken be put back together it's going to cost us everything so this morning will you raise the standard in your life will you pray that God would just break the form of godliness off of you he says they hated me they'll hate you we don't like that part he says you will face tribulation you will face persecution can I be honest with you this morning been laughed at's really not that much persecution considering people across the globe are dying for this your peers looking at you and say well you're just different it's all right it's it's a good thing to be different do you know if you're different you're more valuable young and old alike this morning please know this God is desiring to do a new thing Isaiah said it very clearly he said and now it shall spring forth what he was saying and without further delay in the moment when people turn their heart to me and really surrender me he said it is in that moment that things drastically change I feel like in my spirit this morning that we are at the brink of an encounter with God that has the potential and the ability to shake our community in the Whitewater Valley it's because some of you have been praying you've been fasting you've been reading you've been seeking the Lord and all of those things are good but now that goes with that you're gonna to have to look in the mirror and you're gonna to have to raise the standard of your life you're gonna to have to say my life my attitude my thought process how I present myself, how I conduct myself in business, how I, when I go into the conference room and how I conduct myself in my day to am I bringing glory and honor to God or am I just like everybody else? What you'll see is when we begin to get rid of the form and really begin to walk in relationship, we'll be patient, we'll be kind, We'll be long-suffering, we'll be gentle, we'll be meek, but we'll also be powerful. And that's when we can walk into the supermarket or the gas station or wherever, and when somebody says, I really need Jesus, you can stick out your sand and say, well, you just found him because he's with me today. 
You don't have to say, come and go with me to church on Sunday. You can say, you know what? You're at the church right now. Let's just believe. And you can see God do some amazing things. So raise the standard. Break off the form of godliness. I just want to tell you this morning, no judgment, no bitterness, no anger, nothing, nothing of that sort. But as pastor of this house this morning, I desire to see more. If we're going to walk and operate in the ministry of the kingdom of God, we're not lowering the standard, but we're raising the standard. And we're starting to see the form begin to be dismantled with people beginning to move. With that comes understanding and knowledge and wisdom. Listen. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. When Solomon received the task, he prayed. The Lord said, ask what you will. He looked what was in front of him and he said this. I don't know how to proceed from here is what he was saying. So Lord, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. In such a crazy world, I don't really know how to proceed from here. Other than completely rely upon Jesus and his spirit. So my prayer for my life is, Lord, give me wisdom, give me knowledge on how to lead your people. Give me a biblical understanding of what and how we're to do from this point forward. Will we get it right every time? I'm sorry to say I probably won't. And I apologize in advance for that. But we're going to do our best to lead you into the presence of Almighty God to where you can have an encounter in such a manner that strongholds and generational curses is going to be broke off your families and over your community and over this nation. The word of the Lord is for reproving and rebuking and all of these things. We know that, but it's also for the developing of the saints so us as a body can grow and be better than we've ever been. So this morning, as we stand all over this house, I pray that we'll raise the standard and we'll destroy the farm. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel and don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.